Hello and welcome back to the Akatak Podcast. As always, I'm your host, uh, Jedi Master Agen Kaloth, Jay, and joined as always is my co-host, Jedi Master Eth Kaloth. None of those were right. No. Well, why did you insist on not reading it? Well, because I, I deleted it <laughs> off my phone after I read them, and I didn't expect to have mic trouble. Uh, well, so funny, funny story, listener. My mic didn't work, so we had to redo this whole it's intro just for like ten seconds. So yeah. it'll be fine. It was a little annoying. Better that we found it then than. God, if we'd recorded like an hour's worth and it didn't work, I think we might have just not had an episode for the yeah, week. Yeah, probably not. Because I was not going to rehash everything. So, we watched the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. So is it Shang-Chi. I think that's, we've determined, we we started by saying just Shang-Chi, because that's obviously kind of how it's written phonetically if you read it in English. And then we heard and corrected ourselves in the podcast to be Shang- Shang-Chi. With but the U sound. In the movie, they... They did a bit, of, a bit of a pronunciation guide, and so I think it's because his name is Sean. They say it's very similar, so I think you kind of say it like that, right? Like Sean. Sean, yeah. sorry, Sean Chi. So I yeah. guess we're gonna try to use going forward, but because they make that joke, that yeah, he just takes a G off his name. Yeah, and that was his <laughs> great disguise. So yeah, we just got back from today. Well, not just back, but whatever. We watched it today. Real solid. I really liked it. It was a very solid movie. Very good offering for Marvel, I think. Yeah, I think it was very. I think it was. I mean. I would say their most unique movie. It, it was really up there. I had that same thought. And it was really cool because in some ways it was even more sort of out there than I was expecting. And then in some facets it, it actually did tie in more than I was thinking, right? Yeah. It's a price on both ends in a good yeah, way, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, it was good stuff, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I, I will say, like, it – I think – I mean, I, again, I'm really – this isn't like a facet of the Marvel Universe that I'm super knowledgeable. But I think it has probably created a lot of sort of unique stuff that isn't directly taken from – the comics. I do think there is some stuff that they may have taken from sort of the Iron Fist thing, which I kind of want to talk about at some point. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was just real good. Yeah, I think they made the movie that they set out to make, and that they clearly kind of embraced the sort of like you know mythology know. of it. Yeah, in like a sense. yeah, like the sort of Asian mythology of it, and like the obviously like the fighting was very deliberately. I mean, obviously in a lot of the Marvel movies, the fighting comes down to like you know martial arts. In yeah, a sense. yeah, exactly. A sort of like Hollywoodized. You know, over the top, very visually interesting sort of mar- martial arts of some kind. But obviously, in this one in particular, that's all it was, right? Yeah, that's, that's like the focus of it. That's Shang Chi's. Sh- yeah, his Shang Chi. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm mixing myself up. Good. And so, yeah, it it worked really well in this, and it was very well done the action stuff, and and it was kind of flashy in that sort of like whatever, sort of like Bruce Lee sort of way that you expect. Where so it's I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I'm sure in real life that's not the practical way that you. Would fight, fight people, but yeah, it looks really cool on screen and it's super well done. I don't know. Well, it's very fitting for it to be Bruce Lee esque because that's who Shang Chi is based on. Yeah, and then I believe I heard that uh, in the eighties they wanted to make a show using uh, Bruce Lee's son. I think his name is Bobby Lee, or what? I mean, Brandon I, Lee. Brandon Lee. Yes, I think it was something Lee because you know last names. Right. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I was gonna probably echo the same points. It went in d- directions that I did not expect. It was a lot of a lot more stakes, I think, like a lot more consequences yeah. in this movie than yeah. I really expected. I guess, yeah, they went in different directions than I thought because I had like, I mean, Zach and I talked during movies, sadly. <laughs> we can't just a little, just a little. Bit. Just, there was no one in our row. Yeah, so we yeah, yeah, we, we don't scream at each other. We just kind of whisper to each other our little ideas. And I was like, oh yeah, their mom is. Well, actually, hold on, spoilers. Well, yeah, spoilers for uh, every week. Every week, <laughs> I almost said a spoiler. So, now spoilers are the way. His mom dies, because it's a Disney movie, so his mom has to be dead. 
because no mom can survive a Disney movie. And I was like, oh, she's just going to be alive in her village. She just kind of ran away. Which would not be an uncommon sort of thing to happen in this type of movie, yeah. necessarily, right? Because yeah. his dad was evil. And, and I don't know, yeah, it wasn't interesting that her, his mom was actually dead, like truly dead. And that they made his father much more sympathetic than I expected him to be. Yeah. Because he wasn't nearly as, like, malicious. Like, he's not really. He's kind of an, he's an antagonist, but he's not a villain, I think. No, as it turns out, right, like, he's really, he himself is being sort of manipulated, so, like, but, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, like, yeah, he was clearly, he kind of sort of changed his ways because of their mother and all and his family and all. At the same time, I mean, he still did do, like, a thousand years. Of conquest like and murder. Millennia of, yeah, conquest and destruction, so. But, yeah, I, I kind of hear that point. They didn't, they didn't go out of their way to absolutely vilify him, did they? No, not really. Because there was that whole family element to it. And, and this is, like, literally a family, right? Like, a quote-unquote family, right, comes up in a lot of Marvel this stuff. kind of stuff. But, yeah, this was, I mean, not well, that it's any more or less valid or whatever, but, yeah. Like, literal movie, blood family. Literally blood family, which is not a thing that's used as much because there's oh. not as many families that are, like, all, all superheroes. <laughs> yeah, except for the Fantastic Four, but they haven't come out. They haven't come around yet. Yeah, exactly. And so usually like, that whole thing is just, it's a family you find. That's usually one of the yeah, big it's, selling yeah. points. But so in this one, it literally was their biological family and all. And I don't think they wanted to fully vilify him. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't even hate him. Yeah, it's like a villain. Like I, or not, well, like I enjoyed him as a villain, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate him as a person. Dislike his character. Yeah. His, his person, yeah. I feel like it is mostly understandable. Like I will say, like after... Because, I and I will say, I think you weren't, again, because that's a recurring sort of, like, and not an uncommon kind of trope for this type of thing to do, is, like, the whole, like, oh, my mom's dead, but really, she was she was in hiding. Like, yeah, I, I kind of half expected, even once we got to the point where, like, once they rolled up to the uh, the ancient village there, I kind of half expected she was still going to be there, too, to be totally yeah, honest. Yeah, just hanging out being like, I'm going to fight your dad and, like, yeah. finish this. Because that is the type of, like, I don't know, like, that's kind of what happens in, like, like, Ant-Man, that's what happens in, like. Aquaman, right? The mom's yeah. dead and she's really not. But so I think and I think the movie probably actually kind of wants you to think like have a sense of uh, sort of the mom will come back. Yeah. Like I think that it's intentionally left a little ambiguous until, of course, the moment it's it's not. It's like, yo, no, yeah, she definitely but, um, passed away. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember us going with this, though. That's no, all right. But yeah, it it uh, I, I think that's awesome. It's like I think the movie did intentionally sort of make it ambiguous, but the scene when it gets to it and it and it shows it, that's pretty brutal. I mean, we you, it it's all, it happens off screen, but like you obviously get the gist of it. Like thirty dudes just rolled up and beat her to death, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, she got, she got horrific. most of them. And oh, that's that's where I was going with this. Is like because of that, when we see then the Mandarin, or whatever, I don't even know what to call. I, we're just gonna call him the Mandarin. Yeah, it, in the movie he says it's not that or whatever, but he's it's, like, um, what is he? I think it's Wang uh, Wu. Wang. Wong Hu, Wong Wu or something. Fuck, I don't know. Like, yeah, his name. His true name is that because he doesn't like being called the Mandarin because it's like well, he called me a chicken dish like uh, after an orange. Like it's it's mm-hmm. silly. He's made me look silly. It's kind of like we talked about last week where we brought up uh, the Marvel character Fu Manchu. Yeah, and I don't know. We never really addressed that. Like, yeah, the Mandarin is like fifty percent as silly as that as a name realistically, right? Yeah, Just calling a guy the Mandarin. It it does very much that also similarly reeks of, of of like a 60s american white dude trying to create an asian character yeah we'll of, call him the mandarin we'll yeah, call him general shao yeah <laughs> we'll call him us um beef and broccoli colonel beef and broccoli that's what we'll call him <laughs> like sir i don't think we can call someone that he's 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 
He's pork he's, fried rice. Czar teriyaki. <laughs> but um, so yeah. But I think for the purses, we're just gonna call him the Mandarin. But the scene then where he goes to the whatever, like that bar club thing. Well, then Yakuza guys and just and beats yeah, him to death, beats the shit out of the guy in front of his son, his wife with the ten rings. I was actually just like, yeah, get him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was very justified. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, he, I don't know. I, I kind of agree. I think they made a pretty similar. I did like the rings. They were like we said or last week, which were like, which is to say, they aren't like the ones in the comics where they each have like a different sort of beam that they shoot out, be that like fire or ice or whatever. And I think this is a change for the better. One, because they obviously like they had to adapt him, right? Because they were adapting the character of the Mandarin for this movie, right? Yeah. From what he traditionally is in the comics. And I think because they wanted to time to Shang. Shang-Chi and uh, do the, the martial arts and stuff. They had to adapt his rings because obviously just the finger rings that, again, just shoot like beams in the comics. That doesn't really translate too well translate into to, film. Yeah, to fighting, to hand-to-hand like martial arts. So, yeah, I think it was a very interesting, like really cool looking visuals to have them like he could shoot them off and he could like whip them around and stuff. Like he's using propel himself. Yeah, really cool. I, I thought it had a lot of varied uses. Mm-hmm. And, like, they did shoot, like, beams and stuff when he wanted them to, but that definitely wasn't the extent of them. He, he made a force field in the beginning to yeah. for all those arrows. Yeah, that was cool. Or, I think it was, like, whipping them around in front of him in, like, an arc is what that was. Oh, Just yeah. so fast that it kind of created. But, yeah, like a, yeah, like a shield type thing. And, yeah, yeah, like, he, he like, kind of jumps with them, like, does, like, a boost jump. What I thought was interesting, an old detail they had, is when he, he does the boost up to, the, like, the door where all those monsters are, mm-hmm. he counter boost himself like he he boosts at the ground before he lands to like yeah. stop himself with the momentum which i thought was just like he didn't they didn't have to put that in i thought it was a nice touch to be like yeah a touch realistic when he's in a magical dimension village with mythical creatures i thought that was a little weird they're just like they're also in a different dimension technically yeah that part i didn't i think the what that meant more so was that i mean i guess i could be wrong but the way i interpret it is that village sort of is within our world but it sort of connects to different dimensions like a gateway yeah more more so that that like and it's like bleeding in a little but i don't think it's really meant to be a different plane of existence yeah that would be weird i don't know because they're all still humans it's just a a physical place they can go to they don't have to go through like a port i mean they have to go through that maze but they just drive there like no they go on that waterfall and makes a portal. oh they do oh oh you're right well maybe it is then shit (laughs) just like a weird portal thing i thought but she says the the aunt when she's explaining it she's like the you know the the shit I, I'm not I'm, is it Tolo Tolo Tal yeah I think it's Tolo she says like it doesn't it's not contained just to the shores of this village it it extends beyond and that's that's what I was gonna say before about the uh, what seemed felt to me like sort of like an Iron Fist connection is that it reminded me of because she says there's like several different cities right on all kinds of worlds or something to that effect and it reminded me of the seven cities of heaven from uh, Iron Fist. Not familiar. Familiar. Oh, okay. So in Iron Fist, right? Iron Fist is the is the immortal protector of Kunlung. That's the city that he's from. Right. Yeah. And it's basically like this is a more recent sort of piece of the lore to that, but it's that different dimensions all have their own city to protect them. Yeah, and with their own immortal protector. And once every whatever, um, they all get together and have like a tournament. I've I think I've have I have heard of this tournament. Mm-hmm. So Iron Fist. He has a tournament against these other guys who also have similar, like, powers and, and shit. So it's just the idea that they're all there. I want to say it's seven. I could be wrong. I'll Google it right now while we're sitting here. But it's, like, that they're the seven capital cities of heaven. Oh, wow. 
which is kind of like a fun thing. So it kind of reminded me of that. And I said last week, I thought maybe they would carry over some Iron Fist stuff for the purpose of this. Again, I don't know if any of this stuff is like from Marvel Comics or Shang-Chi at all. I really am not familiar. But the dragon kind of played, paid off what I said, right? Yeah. Like, it's not directly because in Iron Fist, he, yeah, he kills the dragon to get its power, which that didn't happen here. But they do derive their power from the dragon. That's yeah, the thing, like the, their magic. Yeah, again, like the capital city thing. I don't know. I thought it was, I, I, I think that that's still maybe where they're going with it. And especially the way this, like, the kind of wraps up and, and stuff. They definitely are, are bringing Shang-Chi into the fold. So. They bring him in the fold uh, immediately, which I was happy about. I was a little, you know, one thing I did find strange is that I was disappointed that they kind of just feel like they just shoehorned Abomination in just to show that he exists. Yeah, I kind of agree. I I was somewhat disappointed by the Abomination thing. We talked about a couple weeks ago, like how I can be kind of iffy on trailers sometimes because I think they give too much away. And I've I've tried to like not be, again, because we also talked about like how some people take that way, way too far about how like anything can be a spoiler. And so I try to, I try to be balanced about it. But seeing the movie definitely solidified my opinion on that in that they definitely did show too much by showing the abomination Wong, Wong stuff in because the trailer because it's only like a minute maybe yeah, less than so like it's th- truly the majority of it is in that trailer yeah i think it's really just for the trailer like that's like a yeah, shot exactly. they made to put in the trailer full stop Did you find the what you're looking for i have not been able to find it i think it's tao lu it's it's that's at least how it's spelled i guess i can't find it though i think really it may be just invented for the uh the movie here but yeah I got to agree. And he was also weird. It was like, it seems like him and Wong were like almost buddies. Yeah, because he's like, oh, work on your punches, Abomination. Which is a weird dynamic because Abomination is he's a Hulk villain. Crazy. Yeah. But he's also, the MCU version, I mean, all of them really, but like, he's just insane. Like, he's lost his mind. He's not really conscious anymore. <laughs> or yeah. not, but he's like not human. Like, so I don't I don't know about that. Um, I thought that was kind of strange. Um, kind of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh... I did think it was funny because I wondered how they were going to explain his appearance there, like if they were just not going to do anything. But at the end, it show at the end of their little sequence, right? It seemed to me, at least, like it was showing um, Wong returning him to his prison. That's true. Yeah. So they just like open a portal to his little prison, take him out for him to fight, but then he just goes back at the end, which that's kind of fun. So he is still contained, like in some shield facility. Yeah, he's not running whatever. around. I think it's fun. That they're like, well, we'll let you out for a little bit, but you got to go back. Yeah. You can you can let you fight, but you got to go back every time. I think is, you can give him some recreation, you know, throw the man a bone a little bit. Mm-hmm. What else? I guess you got any more like general kind of thoughts? Thought the ending battle was cool. Well, I think you know what I think. I think I'll tie my thoughts into like a larger topic that I maybe you want to touch on, but I'll just think it up. Is that I feel like this movie kind of sticks it to those goddamn holier than thou Marvel haters who are like, man. Why does every movie have to end with a big CGI laser beam fight? Now, uh, to be fair, that happens a lot. I won't say it doesn't. But this one kind of doesn't. Because it ends with a big kaiju fight. The big dragon fights a big horrible monster from beyond reality. And yeah. it's, and that was super cool. Like, that was really, like, fresh and interesting. And I was like, and I really like dragons. Because I talked about last week how much I liked it. And I was like, this is just dope. I feel like Shang-Chi can a little bit more. Because at one point he just holds on to the dragon as the dragon's soul is getting eaten. I'm like, dude. You need the dragon. You got to save its life. I mean, he does. So that wasn't. It's not like that big of a deal. 
And there are a lot of consequences in this movie. A lot of people just die. His dad dies. People in the village die. His mother dies. And he has to live with that. So I feel like it was a... I, want, I mean, I want to say breath of fresh air because I liked. I would have liked it if it wasn't that way because I think it would have been good regardless. Not regardless, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I totally agree. I had this sort of thought. This this movie kind of made me formulate a thought that I, I don't know if I've really, really kind of vocalized before. But, like, I was thinking, like, yeah, this movie had so much going on that isn't normal for a Marvel movie. And, again, I will say, like I said at top, up top there, there was stuff that was, like, actually even more of a departure than Marvel stuff I, that I expected, right? Like the, yeah, the big monsters fighting at the end. Essentially, the yeah, the kaiju battle. And, like, really the whole village was kind of more out there than I would have thought. Like, all the different creatures they had there and stuff. And, again, all the overall majority of the the fight scenes and stuff are just, like, this, this really cool, like, you know... Intricately detailed, yeah. choreographed kind of thing. Yeah, kind of martial arts, which is cool and all. And... None of that really screams like the quote-unquote Marvel movies, right? Right. Like the people who, yeah, complain about them all being the same and, and that they're all like just kind of basic. And, and, and contrived yeah. and all that bullshit. And like I, the thought I had going out of this movie, I was like, here's the thing. If you say this movie sucks, like I, I feel like if, if you're just like, oh, this is just another Marvel movie and so it's bad. Like I feel like at that point you really are just hating on it because it's a Marvel movie. Not that all Marvel – I don't think anyone could reasonably be like all of the Marvel movies are bad and so is this one kind of thing. Like that just does I mean, I don't know. Obviously you have your own opinions or whatever the hell. But like the thing about this one to me is that it's just a good action movie. And really that applies to a lot of the Marvel, Marvel movies. Yeah. Is like – they are not – if you want to say that, like, people take them too seriously and, and people enjoy them too much or whatever and, and there's, like, the, f- the fanboys who really go over the top, that that's fine, I guess. Fair enough. Like, you're entitled to that opinion. And if you if you think most people should just be take them more casually, that that is, I think, maybe valid. To but an extent. To least. say that they're actually just bad, that's – I don't think that's right. Like, they're just good action movies. They're they, – if you have a problem with what the fans themselves kind of do, like as in like the, on the outside of it, right, how that affects it, that's one thing. But the movies themselves are—they never really claim to be much more than they're trying to be, right? Yeah, they never. They, no one ever claimed that they were like right. high art. I feel like the movies—they the movies themselves know that they're just kind of action movies that they're that they're blockbuster, if you want to call whatever fucking. Buzzword you want to yeah, throw in there? Yeah, they're popcorny, they're they're roller coasters, whatever. But I think the thing is that again, that's what the movies understand that about themselves, right? As in, like the creators, or the the filmmakers making these, that is their intention most of the time. They again, they're not intending to make the next Citizen Kane. Yeah, they're making a movie where a guy does kung fu or martial arts, I should say, and then rides a dragon with magical rings and fights his dad. Like they're not, yeah, they're not trying to be some deep artsy thing. Right. So if you say you hate these and you hate this one too because it's a Marvel movie and you think they're all the same, that's fine, I guess. Again, you're entitled to your opinion, but I feel like you're just I feel like at that point you're just going the opposite. Instead of being one of those people who says they who just absolutely like adores all the Marvel stuff and thinks they're like God's gift to me. Yeah. You're you're kind of just doing the opposite. You're just hating them because they're popular, really, and because they're the Marvel movies where it's like again, they are they just have their they just have their own merits. I don't know. Like this movie is something we haven't talked about, but it's like between the choreography and other stuff, it is very visually interesting and like well done. Oh yeah, there's a lot it's, of they always have in every fight. It's a new location that's different from the last place they fought. Mm-hmm. Like it's never the same place twice, or like there's a different way the lighting. Like when he fights that, 
I think Deathmaster, whatever that weird painted face guy's name is. Mm-hmm. He fight the one like when he fights him, they're like in shadow behind like the lights of a building and like a helicopter. So there's interest, and then like the camera pans around them. And there's like overhead shots. They do a lot of visually interesting things and like unique environments to keep you entertained. It's not just like a hallway and he's fighting a guy one after another after another. Sometimes he fights two guys at once in like an area or like they're on the bus, so he has to use the bus to his advantage and save civilians. But they add enough layers that if you're if you like go in like neutral and like allowing anything to happen, you're gonna like be interested. But if you go in going, oh, another Marvel schlock fest. Hey, first off, why are you going to see it? At this point, if you don't like Marvel movies, don't go see it. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. And if you go watch it, you can't hate it that much, or right. you're, or you're just kind of an asshole. I got to be honest. Well, yeah, because at that point, again, if you want, and, and I suppose these people do exist, but if you want to say like, yeah. That everything really should be trying to be this this deep like character study on the yeah. human condition. That's fine, but I think even I think most people who are half reasonable, right, and aren't just fucking caricatures of humans, <laughs> recognize that even if you are into high cinema and and you can really appreciate like deep yeah character studies and stuff like that and indie cinema and all that shit. There is that doesn't mean that anything that is less than that is bad. And if you are interested at all in watching an action movie that is just well done that's what these are and that's what this one in particular is i think it's just a really solid action movie i think again it has some times but it is loose enough from the mcu that this is one of the first ones in a long time where having virtually no knowledge of the marvel cinematic universe would not affect your enjoyment of it hardly at all yeah it stands alone for the most part even the kind of like connected characters and like um sort of Ideas. Characters who are brought over and, and are sort of recurring from other stuff are well enough explained within the context of this that you need pretty much no prior knowledge. Obviously, people who have will appreciate the tie-ins and stuff, but as a film, it just stands on as just a really good action movie. I don't know. If you're into, yeah, sort of martial arts fighting action movies, I don't know. I feel like this is just a good example of that. It's done well. I don't know. I think that a lot of the jokes were hitting for us. We had, a, we had a couple good laughs. Oh yeah, it's just a good movie. I don't know. That, that's like yeah. I was. I was very much impressed. Again, maybe that's my own fault because like I didn't. I wasn't super excited to begin with. Yeah, I remember classically before we even started the show when Chung Chi was announced, we lamented uh, like, "Oh, who is what's what's Chung Chi? I don't know anything about this guy. Are we even going to care?" And they were like, "Yeah, but not in, in by saying that we kind of fulfill our own prophecy and being like, well." Since we have such low expectations, and we don't think we're going to like it, probably gonna, it's probably going to be good and, like, you know, just be the opposite of what you think. And it was. And I never thought it was going to be bad, I will say, but I enjoyed it more. Than, it did things differently than I thought they would, and it was, it was very good overall. So I got a, just a couple pages up here just for a reference. So Talo has appeared in the comics, but it's only ever appeared a couple, a handful of times. On the Marvel database page here, the under appearances of... Talo, it has just four entries. It's um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, like <laughs> the, the movie. The film. And then it's Thor Volume 1, 301, Thor and Hercules. Oh, I think maybe it's just that. The only issue it may have appeared in is Thor Volume 1, 301. And then after that, it appears in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, Volume 2, 14. And Thor and Hercules, Encyclopedia Mythologica, Volume 11. Which both just sound like encyclopedias, right? So yeah, so it just showed up once. It may only have ever appeared once. So it's and I think this is a thing that the Marvel movies are actually good about doing. I think and I don't know. I guess maybe kind of Star Wars too. I don't know. In these interconnected like 
um, massive sort of like multimedia things that, that, you know, all these franchises that exist nowadays. I think they do a good job of, because there's just so much more effort put into making stuff connected and stuff nowadays, I think they do a good job of when there is an opportunity to reuse concept or a place or a character or anything i feel like they often just do and that's just a little more fun for the fans like obviously there's not a, if that article or if that page i just brought up is correct talo is not a massively significant comic location but it's still cool that when they were like well we want an ancient city for the or an ancient village for this uh this movie we'll just use one that already exists may as well use one i, I always like stuff like that like I said, they do it in Star Wars a lot, too, where it's like, well, we need a character that does this, this, and this. And they'll often be like, well, there's a character kind of like that that already exists. So we may as well just use him and just kind of tie in the universe. And I don't know. Maybe that sort of does the opposite of what some people like because I feel like stuff like that can lead to that whole uh, like small universe yeah, everything, everyone, syndrome. But yeah. I don't know. I usually enjoy it for the most part. And again, I think that applied to a couple of the uh, henchmen-type characters, too, like that guy, whatever he's called. Death Master or whatever. Death Master or whatever. I feel like that's that's a case of he's probably some comic character who is more well-known. Because in the context of this movie, he didn't do a whole ton. I feel like he was kind of hyped up for nothing. Yeah, I mean, didn't even say his name. Like, no one even says who he is. He just kind of appears. And same with the uh, the guy with the arm blade. He kind of just appears. So I, I think he's kind of just four. Mm-hmm. So real quick, I do have, I brought up the page for the Capital Cities of Heaven as well. So oh, there's, there is seven of them. And they come together uh, every 88 years. They merge into the one creating the heart of heaven. Why heaven? Do you mean God? I don't know. Oh, this says that they are spread across the world. So I thought they were different kind of dimensional things. Maybe it's just across Earth itself and they just get to merge. So, yeah, just fun. So, um, I think that's probably most of our general kind of thoughts, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Again, I, I agree. I like you mentioned earlier, I was kind of surprised by the like eldritch horrors that came in at the end. Yeah, they just released. I wonder if that is based off of. A comic, comic thing, concept. or a just or an actual mytho- mythology thing. I don't know, but that was cool. That's really what they look like. Too. Like truly, they looked like something out of Lovecraft. Yeah, they had like weird tentacles, and you couldn't kill them with regular weapons. Yeah. They like so, and they stole your soul, and they yeah, ate it. that was that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, they, I mean, his dead soul, his you know, dead yeah. soul gets eaten because in a in a you know uh, a sci-fi fantasy you know kind of universe where. If you if we can you know just take as a matter of course that souls exist the fact that your soul can actually get taken it just don't very easily from it's you pretty dark you got nothing you can do about it if you meet the right they creatures did, yeah um so I think we should pivot into then talk about uh sort of the like further implications and stuff of this right let's talk about and the... let's start with our predictions did we did we get them right or wrong we did the prediction quarter. I think we were both right on our yeah, major I think predictions. everything that we we mentioned really yeah we're Betting a thousand on that That's one. That's right, and I think it's mostly as with the Black Widow. It's I think it's a case of uh, we make pretty safe bets. Yeah, we make the safest bets we could. We as go. in stuff that's almost pretty much exactly revealed by the <laughs> material marketing material of the film. We're like, but still, we, we're like he's gonna he's gonna wear a red suit and have ten rings <laughs> on his arms. I, uh, we got a victory here, I think. So my big my biggest thing was that I was hoping that. Uh, ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery character from Iron Man 3 would appear or at the very least be referenced. And I kind of walked it back at the end of the last step, uh, towards the end of this this part of the last episode where I was like, ah, maybe they'll just make a brief mention. And I thought when they were eating dinner there 
And the Mandarin was talking about it, and he was like, you guys remember that terrorist guy from a couple of years back who tried to pretend to be me, and he took my ten rings, and he thought he was me, and he gave him a dumb name and all. I thought that was all we were going to get from him, right? Right. And for that matter, I was mostly happy with it. I was like, I can talk about this on the podcast. He mentioned him, all right? That's good enough for me. That's, I think that A win counts. is a win. A win's a win. And then he was just there. You we just got here. him, and he was in like the entire back half of the movie. He got, like, many minutes of screen time. And he just got Ben Kingsley, and they're like, just come do this movie. And, and that's because I would have thought that I didn't hear anything about that, of him being in it. So the fact that it was, like, hidden from me, I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's a good surprise. And you know what would have been great? Hmm. If um I didn't know Loki was going to be in Doctor Strange, and I got that same, uh, you know, <laughs> dopamine hit. Yeah. But I was like, oh, Loki's in here, too. But now. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. I was I was freaking out of the theater. I was like, oh, it's a guy. I was fist pumping in the air. Cheering. In victory. Stood up and cheered. Yeah, I stood up and cheered. I screamed at the top of my lungs. You whistled? The like the two fingered <laughs> yeah. whistle? Like a. But yeah, I thought that was dope. Because well, there's like the. And you're like, what's in the. What's it, who's in this cell with them? Making a lot of. And then I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. Oh my goodness. And it was him. I did it. I did it, boys. I think that weird, like, faceless monster. Yeah, he had Morris. Norris? I think it was the Morris. Weird, Mor- the, the weird. Yeah. He's like, you can see him too? Oh, thank God. <laughs> That was funny. He was giving a lot of laughs. I thought he was funny. He's funny in Iron Man three though, and in like I'll Have the King and stuff. So which I, which I was forced to watch against mm-hmm. my very will. Yeah, if you guys remember last week, anyone who listened to last week in this, <laughs> I talked about it and I said that Jack and anyone else who was interested should watch it before the movie seeing Shang Chi. In case he did show up, I thought that'd be fun. And Jack just didn't. He said on the show he wasn't gonna. I thought he was kidding, but he was just serious. Of course. I've never made a joke in my life. So after you know the, that after the we saw the movie, I made him watch it. Against my very will. I was t- I was, he enjoyed it. Because it's good. I, I was like clockwork orange. He'd like force my eyelids See, open. Wouldn't that been better though if you had seen it before the movie and then you saw Ben King's roll up you're like, Oh my goodness. Not really, because again, you explained yeah, it to you me. Suck. You explained me the whole plot. You're I don't the worst, where am I? Man. You're the worst. You should have just deleted that from your memory. Oh right. I'll, as I'm editing the podcast, yeah. I'll, I'll reach in the old brain box and delete that. You suck, man. But yeah, that was a good one. Absolutely solid. I mean, what was the other? What was the other predictions? My I, prediction was about uh, Wong. Kind of. My, my yeah, we, we yeah. my prediction was half right about Wong. So my, if you remember last week, the two people who listened statistically, right, or maybe two more than two, but whoever listened last week, if you're listening this week, you'll know. Uh, I thought Wong was going to interact with Shang Shang Chi. That's oh God. I can't get it straight. Shang Chi in the beginning in the fighting arena. And then at the end, as like the end of the movie or an end credit scene, so he doesn't interact with them. Like they just do like that trailer. Like we mentioned before, that fight was purely for the trailer, which yeah. is a bit I don't like that very much. But it really didn't pamper the movie too much for me. And then at the end, he just like shows up and is like, "We got to go right now." And the movie ends. And then mm-hmm. the end credit scene, which was cr- had a crazy amount of implications, way yeah. more than we even saw. Like it took us a minute to get them all, which I think we should probably just get into then. Well, let's finish it. We'll yeah, finish so my finish was that he'd talk to them and bring Shang-Chi into the fold. Surprisingly, I didn't him to bring in um his friend, Kate. Katie. Katie. Well, same thing. Are they a couple by the end of it? I don't think they might be. I feel like... I couldn't tell what they were going for for that. I couldn't tell if they were going for, like... Because they do, obviously, the whole, like, we're just friends. But I couldn't tell if this is one of those things where, you know, it's just friends, then they, they do end up at the end. Or if it was, I don't know, which would be sort of unique, because I feel like this type of stuff doesn't get done very often in movies and stuff. 
Maybe they really were just just friends. And platonic that's just how friends. It's stay. Yeah. Platonic. I don't know. I we didn't really. She kind of like late like leans yeah. on him at the end, and they kind of like hold hands when they're yeah. talking about the story. They don't really address it, so maybe they ne- basically what I'm saying is they never kiss on screen. So how am I to know? Me, a simple-brained viewer, <laughs> to know if they are a couple. What or am not. I meant to have context clues? Gee, like it's really tough on me. My goodness, I am yeah. a Marvel fan after all, so you cannot expect very much out of I've me. I've just at the finished cinemas. getting up to Cat in the Hat and Sam yeah, and Come on, Green Eggs and Ham. I almost said Sam. I am. <laughs> So I, I, I cannot do all the heavy lifting myself here, Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, you got to have them make out passionately for 10 to 15 minutes in this film. And then when they're done, say, that was also, that was very much done in a context of a of a romantic. serious romantic relationship, which we are currently engaged not in a, now. Not a laugh in which you make out with your close <laughs> friend of any, I mean, opposite, same sex, just your close friend who you've known for many years. This was not just a scenario of tucking in the homies and kissing them goodnight. <laughs> reading them, read them frog and toad as they, so I, anyway, I but back yeah. from our insanity. They brought her in. I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know how she's going to be of any help. Maybe going to give her powers? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But, I mean, she was pretty good with that bow and arrow, which is sweet. But, um, I mean, she's no Hawkeye. <laughs> like, <laughs> they already got a Bowman. They got, yeah, they're going to have two Bowmen. And... Two. How many Bowmen can they have? And, the... and one Bowman just learned how to be a Bowman. People have been making fun of Hawkeye since he showed up in these movies. If they brought in, if in this new phase, this new kind of wave of Marvel stuff, if they brought in, yeah, an additional Bowman where you got a bunch of bows, like, it's... It, the bigger this universe gets and the more powers are introduced, the the less believable having an uh, Arrowman on the team becomes. Wait, isn't isn't the, um, uh, the Young Avengers Hawkeye, isn't her name Kate Bishop? Yes. So wouldn't it be, it'd just be Kate and oh Katie? My God, you can't have Kate and Katie both be Bowman, can you? Oh, it just gonna, Jesus. So, this, like, uh. so yeah, that is, I, I, that is what you said. So yeah, that tied in pretty good. Pretty well. Um, Superman does good. <laughs> we did well in our predictions. The other one if was that he was... If I, ever catch you using good and well incorrectly i swear to god i will find you and i give you a stern fucking talking he to will. He, he does it to me he uses the little that little line every time too the superman does good you meant well no you do well yeah whatever so um, can you get the line right jesus the other Christ. thing was that we kind of predicted that he, I don't know if we said this in the prediction, but we definitely mentioned he would get the 10 rings. He got the 10 rings, by the right, way. Yeah, He's got the 10 rings. We did it. We did it. Um, I kind of thought for a second there, he gets them, but then he uses them to destroy the monster. And I thought maybe in the process of using them to beat up the monster, he would destroy them because he didn't really, really want them. And, I, it, you know, it was kind of part of his growth that, like, he's eating the rings, yeah, weren't, weren't, are not what was important. But, um. He still got him at the end. Which I, I, I like. think that ties into a different part because I feel like the arc could have gone either way, mm-hmm. where he is like, "Well, no, I'm I'm different. I'm my own person." Yeah. But also, I feel that when he gets on the dragon, they get the flashback of his mom, and she's like, "No, you're like me and your dad. Like you're yeah. both of us." So he uses his his mom's martial art and his dad's rings to kind of mm-hmm. combine the two in a harmony. So I think that's yeah, probably what they were that. going for. Well, was was there anything else we predicted? That was really the main thing. Yeah, well, and that he would have more, like, magic, which that is definitely the case. Yeah, it was all kind of magic. He didn't do as much elemental stuff. I, I, I no. did say he was going to But he did learn that by the end. Hey. And that was what his mother was about, like we mentioned, that, that all that, like, yeah, that being one with the... Although, then again, I guess, I guess you can only access that when you're there. So... <laughs> I guess he can't use that anymore. No, but prob- he's got the ten rings. They'll so probably let him use it. Like- or that too, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that's cool, and that's a good choice, especially because and we we that was the other thing. Like we predicted, it's 
in some way or another, he was going to get drawn in the fold because um, that's what happens at the end of every Marvel solo movie in the post credits. Yeah, and that happened, and um, it was really good. There's a lot more than you would think. I was just going to say, for the purpose of doing that, it is good that he had the Ten Rings because he's definitely going to again. Not that he wouldn't have done cool, fine, I'm sure, but obviously having the Ten Rings brings him to a whole other level, like uh, power wise. Then it would not be. That, not that everything's about power rankings, but it's not all but a, but a bunch of power scaling. But yeah, it is cool, and that will certainly be, I think, more visually interesting for him to be doing in t- any kind of team up movies and, and future endeavors is to have is to be utilizing the ten rings like that instead of just punches and kicks and stuff. So I really liked it. I liked that he changed color. I liked that he just got him again. The ten rings really solid in this movie. I agree. Um, so so yeah, let's get into the. Uh, um, First end credits trailer. So yeah, both of them, both of them were good, but the first one was probably the most connect, more connected to the universe. The second oh, one probably absolutely. sets up like more of his. Well, yeah, they both line. are set up. I yeah. will say, as a, real quick, kind of time. The thing about the Wong one, I think because that is so significant, they clearly needed him in to do the, uh, obviously the post credit scene there, or the mid credit scene, whatever. I it makes me wonder if they just had him in there to do this, and they weren't just like. You want to film a fight real quick? <laughs> you want to spend like half a day doing a fight? And maybe that's why the, the Abomination fight's in there, but also is so absolutely brief. Because if you think about what he was actually doing, there wasn't a much choreography to speak of for him. Yeah, it have, he just had a, it was a CGI mass. Yeah. Like Abomination punches him and then he's like, hey, I don't like that. And then the way he wins is that he opens a portal. like And redirects the punch. If you think about what Benedict Wong had to do there on set that day, it would have been relatively... Isn't Benedict? So the so the leads of Doctor Strange yeah. are Benedict Cumberbatch and Benedict Wong. And the guy who plays Wong's last name is Wong. Yeah. Huh. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's stupid. That doesn't stupid, but like <laughs> what the It's f- pretty funny. It is funny. It's a bizarre coincidence. Yeah. What are the what are the odds? Um but yeah, so I it yeah, makes an me, in there? No, what the fuck happened? It, it makes me wonder if that's literally not why that thing is so brief. Is if they're like, Well, we need him in for this post credit scene, but also hey, it'll make like, more sense if he already sees him and it's kinda there. Wong getting a lot of play. I like it. He's funny. I really yeah. like he's like real like he's powerful and he like gives shit to everybody. What was the other thing he was in? He was in some other post credit scene or something. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, so he shows up at the end, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie proper, and is like Chang Chang Chi whatever. S S C where's my man? Where's Chi? And he's like, oh, I'm here. He goes, you got to come with me, like, right now. Like, and then, like, it's funny because they're at, like, a dinner with, like, friends. And he walks up and just moves them. And it's like, come on. We got to go. Yeah. And they leave. And he goes, oh, I'll see you guys later. And then go. And then the post credit scene, he's on, mid-credit. like, a, I guess it's the mid-credit mid-credit scene. Mid-credit scene, yes. He's in, like, a conference call with Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel. Now, what you don't, what we didn't notice is that he's not Professor Hulk. He's yeah. in his Bruce Banner form. Like, he's uh-huh. just a person. Which uh, clearly is intentional. No, if they can't, it's, it's not like like oh we missed it in post production. Yeah. Like they clearly just had Mark Ruffalo be Bruce Banner, which has a lot of implications. Meaning that, which meaning that he can transform in and out of his Hulk form, which wasn't said at all in Endgame. Which I feel yeah, like yeah, it makes me wonder if that's not yeah, if he can just do it at will and he still retains the smart Hulk thing. Because yeah, the way he explains it in Endgame is like pretty solid. Of like he's he the way he explains it is that like yeah, I just I I. I fixed it. Like, I got so into it myself. Hulk is, we're good now. Like, I have it totally under control. Do everything I want. So, could be that. I guess the other op- uh, the other possibility, I should say, is that he has kind of reverted in some way and he does not longer have as good of a handle. And it's it, once again, is more of like a 
I get angry See, and I go and do a thing. I don't think it is. I think because Probably he's not. in She-Hulk. I mean, it'd be weird to do, like, regression of that, but, yeah. I think because he's in She-Hulk, he's going to teach her how to do that. Because She-Hulk's big thing is that she's always in her Hulk form, mm-hmm. and she li- like she's like, I'm just going to be like this because well, yeah, I can control it. She also can sort of control it, but, yeah, she chooses to be in Hulk form. I think she asked Dr. Trench to make it permanent oh, she? at one point. She's like, oh, now I'm She-Hulk. Maybe she will. I mean, Dr. Trench like that. She-Hulk's got a whole bunch of stuff. She's like, she breaks the fourth wall a lot. Say, in she early was, there was a period where she did a lot of that. Like Deadpool kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She was on Fantastic Four for a while when the thing yeah. wasn't. So that's cool. And I think, th- I mean, the cynical way of that, to look at that, is just that, like, they probably, every time they want Bruce Banner to be in a thing and not Hulk, they probably don't want to have to CGI Hulk, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, for this purpose, it was not, it, Hulk was not the important part, even though they are one and the same now or whatever, or they were in Endgame, right? Hulk is not relevant to that scene. What you want is Bruce Banner, the yeah, smart want. guy. And so it would have been dumb if for that mid credit scene Just they had to CGI massive, pro- massive Professor Plus Hulk. Plus they'd have to rescale because he's so much bigger than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, it would have been weird. So I think probably just for sake, ease of ease of uh, use moving forward here for everyone involved, they're just going to let him be Mark Ruffalo. No but I, I'm glad to see him. I don't know. I know he was like, yeah, we, we mentioned he was rumored to be in um, She-Hulk. But it's good to see that he's sticking around because obviously a lot of the oh well I guess I mean we should say uh, obviously Jeremy Renner is still around and Chris Hemsworth and all so like half of the original it's like half oh yeah about half but it's good it, it's still just good to see sticking so, around that he's sticking around and also in that scene was um Captain Marvel yeah if you had made me guess even like yeah if you had made me guess who was gonna be in the post credit scene even as sort of like a far kind of fetch right like hey man if you you know there's gonna be three sort of you know more uh main marvel universe kind of tie-in characters that appear in this this post credit scene you gotta guess who i don't know if if hulk and captain marvel would have made my top like 10 <laughs> no i really thought it was dr strange at first yeah uh twang but what's interesting is that they the three of them are there for very specific reasons because each of them are they're all trying to figure out what the rings are yeah and each of them obviously is a different like sector of somewhere that's because captain marvel is like is it alien technology mm-hmm Bruce Banner is, well, is it Earth technology? Like, did someone yeah. make it on Earth? And Wong like is like, is this like a magical artifact? Yeah. And all three of them go, we don't know what the hell it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like sending some kind of beacon out, which we think might be Secret Wars, might be calling yeah, the Beyonders. Could... So now you said that. I don't I don't think I'm very familiar with the Beyonders. You well, the, that. What is... Uh, the Beyonders uh, is, at one point, most recently, they are a race of beings who exist outside the multiverse. And they oh. come into the Marvel Universe, and they kill all the gods. And then Doom absorbs their power and fights Black Panther, who is wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, and, that, and, he, yeah, and that's during like the most recent Secret Wars, when the Illuminati is like, oh, destroying the worlds. the Beyonders. Of course. The, be- the Beyonders, singular, is the guy who does the first Secret yeah, the Wars. Be- yeah, the Beyond, yes. And does oh, the okay. second Secret War. There's okay. two of them. I have mm. the second one. See, I feel like it's going to be something a little more grounded than that, as in, like, just an alien race, not like a... Yeah. No, I think so, too. I think it's going to be, like, an, a dormant one that nobody's heard of for a while or something. Not like a... Well, they're outside of time and space or something. It does beg the question why... Wong says that when the the first time um, Shang-Chi uses them, it's it's started that beacon, not the thousand years prior to the when the Mandarin is using them. It, so. m- it must be the magic. Yeah. Oh, maybe that is his his combination. Or maybe the... the rings recognized that a new person was using them and that was a thing but yeah obviously like him obviously meeting up with wong in particular you know we, we said last week i i would not be uh surprised now if he didn't make his way into 
one of the upcoming sort of things. Oh, yeah. Even as just, like, a minor appearance. I did like how, like, Wong literally gave him the speech. I was just, like, essentially amounted to, yep, you're in, you're in the MCU now. <laughs> you're going to be in all the movies. <laughs> Your yeah. life's going to change the path of it. You you got all kind of stuff going on. So you're going to make so much money. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Banner is like, welcome to the circus. Like, you're stuck. Yeah, that was fun. We did that. That also got to check a lot of us when Captain Marvel was like, I got to go. Because she's got to deal with something, which... I wonder if that's meant to be anything or if just, just sort of... Just like a... I mean, she's yeah. always dealing with something. Yeah, kind of like so. a thing. And she's like, oh, Bruce has my number. He's like, I don't. <laughs> He's like, I... Yeah, I don't have her phone. She number. always does this. she said that. <laughs> she always does this to me. That's good. That thing was very funny. And then the second end credit scene was uh, Shang-Chi's sister uh-huh. uh, taking over the Ten Rings as yeah. and running in her own way. But kind of seemed to... Yeah, it kind of seemed to mostly keep it intact. Because in that... Uh, the final scene of the movie there, he says that she's there... To dismantle it, essentially. And then, yeah, obviously, when it shows it, she's mostly just... Training new people. Yeah, she seems to just kind of be keeping it running. So, and she's updating everything to make it, like, te- like more technology. Yeah, and yeah. Wi-Fi and shit. Now, I... Presumably, right? She's not gonna just... She didn't just turn evil in the last, like, ten minutes of the movie, right? No. If I had to guess, I would say going forward, she it's gonna, it's gonna be certainly a gray area, kind of anti-hero type scenario, but I think she's gonna mostly use it for... Good. Good, more yeah. or less. But yeah, we got the that was the post credit or like the uh the, the end card sting there was that it wasn't that um yeah, Shang Chi will return, it was that the Ten Rings will return. But so think, that's cool. I think it was interesting, yeah. Probably probably because that mid credit scene is like, well, you know he's gonna come back. So I think it'd be more interesting to be like, Well, it's not just him, he's not the most important part of the movie. Everything is important, so remember it going forward. Which I think is uh yeah, I, I, which I like. Again, I, I mean, we could talk about that a little, like the Ten Rings thing, because again, obviously, my whole prediction about the Trevor Slattery character was all surrounded about this idea that, like, at some point, it kind, kind of became a little bit like muddled what really was the Ten Rings and not and stuff. And I think this movie, more or less, between this and then, obviously, like we said, we we watched the, uh, the All Hail the King one piece again and. One shot, sorry. Once again, you again. slipped um, up. We're getting closer, ladies and gentlemen. In uh, in that one, I kind of some of the dialogue in that actually kind of, to me, painted an even more believable picture. It's like, and because of what we know about this movie, the Ten Rings essentially would have went dormant more or less for a while, only a handful of years, relatively. Obviously, because he was around for a thousand years, and then he took like a six month or a six year break when his kids were little and then he went right back into and then it. He went right, then he fought like tenfold. Um, but I think there's a chance that the events of Iron Man 1, depending on how you do the math, either took place during the period when he wasn't active as like the head of the Ten Rings as an organization or it could have, I suppose, be been at like the very beginning of him starting it back up again. But so that kind of would explain why the Ten Rings that we see in Iron Man 1 are a little less, like, organized. They don't seem to be as powerful and have as much, like, in the way of of support and, and right, yeah. logistics and stuff. Because as the the sort of, like, cold open of this movie shows, the Ten Rings are, yeah, like, a thousand years old and very powerful. And they had spread to all of the world, essentially, by, by the modern day and had... You know, shaped the course of yeah, history through violence. They had been able to exert their will over history for centuries. Yeah. So, all that being said, it does seem like the ten rings that we see in Iron Man One are a little underpowered. Yeah. 
And then obviously the Ten Rings that we see in Iron Man 3 are not really the Ten Rings at all. It was just Aldrich Killian using that as like an uh, image sort of thing. And then obviously the Ten Rings that we see in All Hail the King, those are one and the same as this. Right, yeah. And I, well, we were saying the other one is, is that um, one of the buyers for the Yellow Jacket in Ant-Man is, is remember the Ten Rings, right? That would definitely have been in the period where he was back up and running and in, in full swing, I think. Because he had new technology. Yeah, so I think that totally checks out as like an actual member. And um, even in the one shot there, they talk about how like the Ten Rings has kind of come and gone in like relevance and like they seem they they were thought to be dormant for a while but have recently kind of started back up so i think i think it all works out for the timeline wise and yeah it'll be cool to see what his sister there utilizes it for going forward i mean i i i wouldn't you know i think it could go the way of like she's going to be something of an antagonist now because she's decided to to keep it going but at the very least she did uh she did let girls in so that's good. That's pretty cool. Okay, keep guests like girl boss. Yeah, she she hate is girl bossing it up a bit. Hate to see a girl boss win. Yeah, if, if that that'd be the thing. If Shang if Shang Chi started beating her up, like that's not cool. He, he what? To, he just hates to see he a girl boss his, win. Yeah, he would just, he would just be hating to see a girl boss win, and that's not what we're about around here. No, we're all, we're down to see a girl boss <laughs> Absolutely. win. Absolutely. All right, so with that, I think that's probably everything we want to talk about the this movie, right? Probably. The only thing I I looked up here that in the comics. Right, the ten rings are pieces are from uh, an alien race called the Mal. Mm, How do you say that? Macluins. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. something like that. I can't which really is the race to which Fing Fang Fung belongs? Oh, the the rhyming dragon. The big dragon. Yeah, they're all dragons. They're big dragons. So oh, that's sick. Better right, Bill. Um, which are technically an alien from like different planets. So it could even be that, I suppose. Oh yeah, they could be calling out to them. And if that was the case. You know, even like the dragon from this movie could be one of, could thing, be one thing, of that. that. That sort of would because there is sort. I mean, it's actually. I suppose it's it's not really super clear whether it seems to be sort of maybe hinted to or implied a couple times, or maybe not that if the the rings are actually connected to the city, or if it is really just like they're kind of two separate worlds that come together in you know Shang Chi himself, right? Right. Which I th- that seemed to be what I was leaning towards. So yeah, I, I think I think it is just they just combine perfectly within him because he is yeah. literally two halves of. Them. So in that case, it I think the implication is definitely from that mid credit scene is aliens of some kind. I think that's definitely what we're meant to take from that. So which aliens in particular though, I guess is is yet to be seen. But again, it could just be scroll. Like I said, it could be a way to lead into sort of you you disagree because like Captain Marvel would recognize them, right? Um, which I suppose I get, but like. The thing about Secret Invasion, right? You said it. Yep. And, and, and Young all, Avengers. And all the Young Avengers. <laughs> and, and all the... See, but this would be, obviously, that would be... If that if I did prove to be right, then obviously that would mean Shang-Chi would have to be in it, right? Like, right, yeah. That would be sick. Him beating up a bunch of aliens. The only thing is, like, obviously the whole, the whole point of the Secret Invasion show is kind of predicated on the fact that Captain Marvel doesn't know them. That it's a different group of Skrull. Because if it was just the same one she was cool with, they wouldn't be invading her. Because <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, it's cool. They let us live. So, yeah. I just, that's kind of it. I don't know if there's much else to, to be derived from that. But cool thread. I'm glad to see him tied in. Again, he very well may could be uh, in Doctor Strange or the for all we know. I mean, everybody's in Doctor Strange. Fucking throw mm-hmm. him in at this point. If not, I don't know. If he's not in that or in, in Secret Invasion, 
it's kind of like, what the hell is he going to be in next? Yeah. Because, again, as we've talked about several times in here, there's no, there's no like, Marvel... Yeah, there's no Avengers, like, massive team-up project that's been really revealed for this phase. And, I don't know, they haven't talked about... I I, w- I can't imagine that the, uh, Shang-Chi 2 would come out anytime like, super soon in the next few years, so... It's not a sign of the Avengers thing. I remember when you did with the Captain America movies that, as time goes on, if you're just going to watch the Avengers movies... They're, you're gonna get real lost real yeah. fast. You're gonna go one, two. Okay. Yeah, I've done this before. I've tried to like work it out, and like every time I'm like, all right, so you can you can get by mostly with the Avengers movies, and then maybe well you gotta watch Civil War for sure too though, and probably Captain America two, and well maybe Thor two to really get it. And you probably needed the Guardians movies because otherwise you'd be confused when they show up in Infinity War, War, right? And then well you kind of need to know about Captain Marvel and then you get to a point where you you realize you've 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 still named like half of them. Yeah, you're, you're over half so you might as well just So it's do like them really all. you probably you know, I'm probably not the good person to ask on that is what I'm saying. Cuz yeah. I think you really could probably get it down to mostly the Avengers movies and not be terribly lost. Um but every time I think about it I'm like, "Well, I'd want to watch that one too." And I, well, I like that movie, so let's throw that one in. Throw it in for the hell of it. Yeah, um, I just think it'll be funny looking back. As we mm. get Avengers probably five or six or whatever, however they do it. Yeah. Still watch. Well, yeah. If it, I get what you're saying. If they do skip an event, if they truly do not have a quote-unquote Avengers movie in phase four, <laughs> it would uh, it would be very hard to watch the MCU just to <laughs> the Avengers movie. Yeah, if you had to like, skip a whole phase. You were like, who are, who's Moon Knight? Who's She-Hulk? <laughs> who's, why are the Fantastic? Who's Blade? What's, what's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Why is Loki back? Oh. <laughs> All right, so we'll probably uh, I could tack out of this yep. into episode four of What If. Uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? So we think. I do not think I necessarily enjoyed it as much as last week, or probably. Ooh. I mean, I I guess I should. I didn't dislike it or hate it by any means. I, it's probably my least favorite straight up of the ones so far. Um, but again, that's not to say I disliked it or anything. I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, um, I have an opposite opinion. I think. Oh really? I think it was probably. Is it like your favorite? Uh yeah, almost. Wow. Okay. I, think I'm okay, I didn't hate one. it though. Like the thing is, I think they've all been good so far. There's not been any that I've truly disliked. So yeah, just I mean, for a pure ranking sake. Yeah, well, but if I had to, someone's got to be bothered. Yeah, exactly. I think part of it for me probably is that there wasn't. I mean, I guess there was action, but I don't know. There wasn't as much. I feel like, and it wasn't as. I don't know. I mean, there were. I guess there was. So I don't know. I don't know what I mean. But <laughs> I don't know. It was just. It was a little more simple, I suppose. There wasn't a lot like a variety to it. It was just kind yeah. of a lot of Doctor Strange shooting energy beams at things. That makes sense. What well, the reason I liked it so much is because it kind of, kind of makes my prediction correct when we first started talking about what if way back when the trailer came out, where I said it would be a Watu showing Doctor Strange the multiverse, and in this one, it's the first Doctor Strange one, and then a Watu like, like directly speaks to yeah. him. Yeah, this is the first time he's. I think interacted, yeah, directed, touched any of them, which is cool. Uh, which he does, uh, we've talked about many times before, he does a lot. He, mm-hmm. Him and Doctor Strange interact with the most out of anyone. And, uh, well, Fantastic Four yeah. is with Owatu a lot, but those two groups mm-hmm. interact with him the most out of anyone. I mean, yeah, I should say, I, conceptually, I didn't think this episode was bad, or I didn't dislike I, I It was a good premise, and I think it was executed well. I, I just don't think it was as interesting of a premise to put into TV, I guess, is what it comes out of for me. But yeah, it was a it was pretty good. And again, I I I very dark. Yeah, well, yeah, it was pretty grim. It was like you you were kind of surprised. You said you were surprised by it, right? Is it yeah. like it just ends badly? Yeah, it's just all Do- there is Doctor to Strange it. Just is trapped in the void alone forever. Yeah. Even the other ones, which like 
all have like we've mentioned before there's kind of like the all the other ones there is sort of a, a continuing thread and like obviously the first one ends kind of grim of oh she lost her her boyfriend and then the second one is like well t'challa worked out pretty good but oh shit ego's about to get peter quill peter quill and they're not gonna be able to stop him that's gonna be rough <laughs> yeah. how they're gonna deal with that and like even last week it was like well shit loki invaded earth but it was still kind of left on like the hope of like all right but there's still an avengers there's they're still gonna do there's something still a here. team of people ready to and this, this yeah this one just the, that universe just collapsed it's gone yeah there's no thread because there's nothing left except for doctor strange in a bubble forever so, yeah that's pretty that, that is pretty grim but it's kind of again it, it definitely works conceptually for the point of this show of like hey one change can destroy the galaxy the, the universe that this this thread of the multiverse is gone because of what he did i i will say i'd like i liked the um this the sort of initial scene where he's just trying to save her save her yeah just just through like time travel and how no matter what he did this was yeah as, it had as to as happen the ancient one yeah said it this was like destined to happen this was an an important point in history which I think is important to bring this up is that I think that might foc- use that going forward that there are fixed say, points in yeah. time that there are certain things that must always occur and I think that will separate it from Kang because I think I don't think those are decided by Kang I, or maybe they are because when he's when he's the one when he's uh, he who remains I just wonder mm-hmm. if those are set by him and he's like well these always have to happen but he can always make anything happen so it's I just yeah. wonder how they're gonna play that out. Yeah, the more this show goes on, the more and more I'm I'm I feel pretty sure that it's gonna tie in like directly. Like yeah. either by the end or like Iwatu's gonna pop up in something. But yeah, I think this stuff is is all very relevant to the the universe as a whole. Again, especially because they're doing this multiverse kind of plot. I think this I think more or less each episode he kind of is is teaching some variation on a lesson about the sort of the multiverse and how it works which at the very least this is stuff that's just kind of like helpful for us to know as viewers going forward and yeah at, i think at most it could directly kind of lead in a lot of people have been theorizing that like because again that is sort of like a hallmark of uatu's thing is that he's always like i can't interfere but then he's like yeah i'm gonna i gotta interfere though yeah. this one t- this one time i interfere so people have been theorizing that even though as of so far they have been totally disconnected that by the end of this season in the last couple of us or something, something's going to happen where they're going to like the different universe are going to cross over, come together or something's going to happen in one of these timelines that Oatu's going to intervene with. And I think, I, I think there's a good chance of that. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Cause, that, cause he, cause of the lines he says, he, cause this is the only episode where, he is not a disembodied voice. Yeah, he's definitely he, he touched more. He's a physical yeah. form because one of the points he says is he kind of laments the fact that he can't stop Doctor Strange. Yeah, he's like, well, I this isn't right. Like, I know what's supposed to happen, and this can't happen because yeah. this will go poorly. But I can't risk because if I if I tell him not to do it, it could destroy countless other timelines, and I cannot risk one for many. Yeah, well, that's the thing is Watu obviously has always been the. In the comics, even the the like narrator, quote unquote, of the what if series, right? And like all other elsewhere thing, like I always have referenced a couple times now the sixteen oh two thing. It's the same kind of thing where every time he's like in these, whenever he's in one of these sort of alternate sort of stories, he's like, yeah, I 
I know what it's supposed to be, and this isn't right and all, but yeah, it's not my place to change. Like I just observe. Just watches. And I, I did really like that exchange with him where, yeah, he came down and literally talked to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange's like, why don't you fix this? And he's like, that's not what I do, first of all. I'm not a god. Second of all, yeah. He's like, I've seen you, you're a god. And he's like, I'm, I'm not a god. Neither are you. And you've, you, you flew too close to the sun on this one, big guy. You, come on. You're going to fall now, Icarus. Sorry, my man. Peace. So I think that's cool. I, although, Owatu really does have a lot of more power than maybe he let on there. Although, I, I feel like Owatu's thing mostly isn't what he can do. It's what he can tell you. It's what he knows. His, his power really is just knowledge. Knowledge is power. Yeah. It's, it's better than a garage of Ferraris. Oh, yeah. That knowledge. I hate all those gurus. <laughs> but so, like, he, yeah, he, he, that, uh, again, even, like, like I always say in that 1602 thing, his, his thing isn't, like, what he does. It's what he tells Doctor Strange that he can do. Right. It's like, well, you can do this. Do it. Do this, this, yeah. and this, and you'll fix it. And, we were, and also, we were, I think we talked about this last time with the, when he appears in Civil War with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. But what we didn't talk about is that he appears earlier in the comic and yeah. doesn't speak to anyone. And they're like, who's this guy? And the thing's like, oh, that's the Watcher. He only appears when something big's happening. And mm-hmm. Dr. Strange's like, him showing up is not a good sign of things like to that. come. It's very bad. Because he's like, if he's showing up, that means he needs to be right in the middle of the action to know exactly what's going to happen. Which I, which I just I kind of like a kind of om- ominousness? Omnimity? Anonymity? I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I... I'm becoming more and more convinced that he is going to, that like Jeffrey Wright is going to appear physically in, in one of these movies or something. I think it may be Dr. Strange too. Cause you know, everybody's yeah, that would be the, the most obvious choice for sure. Again, with the more that we're learning about it and all it's yeah. yeah. And again, I, I, I am, I wouldn't necessarily think I have any specific ideas right now on how or like what form it's going to take, but I do think there's going to be some, some manner of like overarching plot for this by the end is that at some point it's going to be revealed like they are connected in some way or like Uatu does have to do or like this is somehow all these multiple universes are somehow connected to one of these other shows or movies or whatever. Yeah. I mean, again, even like we last, like even in the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer or Homecoming, that's you went close to yeah, you went all the way back in the uh, in the No Way Home trailer. Doctor Strange specifically mentions the multiverse at all, so like. Again, all this stuff is coming to a head. It's going to be yeah. sweet. And I think it's either been rumored or maybe even officially announced that there's going to be another season of What If. So like, Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, they could just play around with all kind of concepts forever here. I think that this first season is going to be, like, time of the MCU, but I think the second one will probably just be for, like, a laugh. You know what I mean? Like, it won't. Yeah. Because if they sort of – I get what you mean. Because if in Doctor Strange 2 they more or less – Fix it? Yeah, they more or less uh, wrap up this, this kind of multiverse plot. Although, but then again, Loki season two, it's like, that, that's why I'm kind of like on the fence about it. And I, we talk about the end of Loki season one there. It's like, go listen to episode five, once Future Kang. This is when it really starts to get sort of crazy with all the different properties. Because it's like, if Loki's going to be in Doctor Strange season two, and like, that is Doctor Strange, did I say Doctor Strange? I meant Doctor Strange two, right? And Doctor Strange multiverse of madness there is going to have significant ramifications on say loki season two then it's like you know not not that this doesn't already apply to a lot of marvel stuff but it's like you're really going to have to watch it in between and like there's it does it does does boggle the mind a little so like yeah i guess 
I, I kind of forgot about Loki season two. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know how that's gonna tie because that is still obviously dealing with this same kind of stuff of time travel and multiverses and and stuff. So I guess I guess not everything can be very and it's, and it's the only fixed. direct link to Kang. Yeah. Well, yeah. The man who is time travel. So I wonder if but he'll then again it's like show up more. The rumor, the current going rumor is that Kang isn't even the villain of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Not truly. So maybe that, the Kang stuff will be more or less fully relegated to Loki. Loki. And... Which I kind of hope not. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind. Although then again, we talk about like he may be sneakily like the, the overarching villain even even more into like beyond, far beyond Doctor Strange Season 2 for like most of this. He did it again. Oh, shit. <laughs> well beyond even like uh, Multiverse of Madness and Loki Season 2. He might be the overarching sort of villain for this the phase. phase or shit the next two phases like who even knows yeah let me let me just remember. so season two is absolutely going 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 through now is it what season two is confirmed yeah very nice very nice oh, we also mentioned that uh benedict cumberbatch is himself in this oh yeah we we could do our, our classic bit for all these what if episodes where we just name all the voice actors <laughs> yeah. uh, is rachel mcadams her character yeah yeah Ben you know, Wong is him. Yeah, Ben Wong. Again, like we've been saying with some of these, the no. voice acting is not always. No. Doesn't always come across super great, and Benedict Cumberbatch is maybe the, the most significant example of that so far. There's times where I'm really like, is is that him? And that's not what you want, right? No. Like <laughs> you want to be like, oh, that's of course him. They did but, the yeah. the classic Doctor Strange joke where he tells, like somebody thinks his name's different. He goes, oh, it's strange, and they go, ah, well, yeah. I've heard Stranger Names, Armani, or... Yeah, I like that. I enjoyed that as well. It's a good bit. Um, Let me just bring it up here. The most significant, or not significant, actually the least significant, but just a really amusing returning cast member is... uh, Her name's Leslie Bibb. She's an actress who returned as Christine Everhart, who is the reporter from Iron Man 1 and 2... And she appears for like a second in this episode. Oh, when she reports yeah. that her building's on fire? As the reporter on TV. Yep. They got her, what, for 20 minutes or 10 minutes? Like, Yeah, I don't even know. Crazy. They went, or they just went, they didn't even, they were like, here, read this line into a mic. I mean, that's just insane, right? Yeah. Like, that is bravo, above and beyond. Because here's the thing nobody would have gave you even, probably no one hardly cares as it is. <laughs> yeah. We didn't notice until we looked it up. And like, but just good on him. I don't know. That's just going above and beyond to an extent, right? Because it could have just been any other sub-reporter. They could have re- used that reporter character and just changed the voice actors and no one would know him. But they really just were like, hey, may as well. May as well just put them all in. That's what. I, that's the kind of stuff I was talking about before, right? They were like, well, for this two-second scene, we need a reporter. Do we have one of those? We do. Get her back. <laughs> Get her back. We need her. We Give could, her a call. We could recast. It's it's one hundred percent. It's even it's more than believable that it would be a different reporter doing it. There's thing. more than one reporter in the world and on Earth. There's not like one champion reporter. But shit. We already have a reporter. May as well use her. And they did. And Summon her. Good too. on them. Summon her. Her time is now. Good on them. Am I right? Good enough, I think. But yeah, I injured. Excited for next week. We'll do this again. Well, yes, we'll do it again. We'll do it till it ends. Mm-hmm. We got more to do before we're done. Mm-hmm. As they say. Anything else to talk about? Anything no, other architect topics you want to do? I think it's something to say. Oh, yes. Uh, we're talking about, actually, probably future MCU shows that uh, James Gunn has talked about how he wants to do a Ravengers uh, show. Yeah, that was it. What do you think about that? Would you be I mean, in that? here's the thing to me. I'm sure it would be fine or good or 
yeah, probably better than fine. I mean, good on James Gunn. At this point, I feel like he knows what he's doing with superhero stuff. So if he put his mind to it, I'm sure it'd be good. And it's one of those things that whenever I hear that somebody has an idea that they want to pursue, that to me, it always, I I, I err on the side of like, it's probably going to be good, right? Because yeah. this isn't something where Marvel said to him, hey, do you want to do this? This is um, If he went out of his way to be like, hey, this show that no one's asked for, I would like to do, it probably is because he has a good idea. Right? Yeah, or some kind of yeah. plan. So, all that said, sure. I will say it seems like a weird time to do it because Yondu's dead, <laughs> and he was like the core of that. So, it's like if they do a quote-unquote Ravagers show, I can't imagine it would have the Guardians, really. So, no. if it's going to be like, what, Craglin and... Taserface, like I don't know. <laughs> but Taserface, they killed him. Well, he is. They did. Them. they did. They killed Taserface. <laughs> or like they could be like Stallone and those guys, like the old Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah. That sort of a uh, team, which that would be cool. I think. I don't like the good. If they got Sylvester Stallone to do a Disney Plus show, that'd be impressive. They get a lot of sway then. Uh, I guess that that kind of actually. Did you hear some of the other stuff about uh, what's his name, James Gunn? That came out. Is that when he was working on Suicide Squad and after they fired him from Disney and DC immediately scooped him up like that week to come do a project? Yeah. Initially, they wanted him to do S- Superman. Really? They did? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, not really. I don't I don't really have a great idea for Superman. And they were like, hey, do Superman though, huh? And he's, he's like, like, I don't know. Could I just do Suicide Squad again? And they're like, I guess. And he made it, yeah, Superman's not really a – I mean, good on yeah. him being like, oh, it's not really my character. Which, I mean – I think James Gunn does best to, with like weird yeah, groups of weirdos. Exactly. Not to pigeonhole him, but it kind of ties into what we said when we talked about Suicide Squad. Is like, I feel like he, that's what he seems to attach to. Seems what I he mean, prefers. It's not really pigeonhole if he himself was like, actually, no, yeah. I that's don't what want he's about. To. Again, I'm sure if he wanted to and had a good idea for a Superman, Superman movie, he'd do great. But yeah, if he, if he doesn't want to. Don't make him. Yeah. Just come out bad. Uh, well, also connected to that, the reason he can't make uh, Ravenger show currently is because he's doing the Peacemaker show. Yeah, so we which also- has been. Which has two seasons. It's been renewed for a second one yeah, already. So, like, we mentioned this on, again, when we talked about Suicide Squad. Episode 8, just like Slender and Hour. And I was like, man, that's a weird choice. But, okay, whatever. Like, good on him. But, uh, once again, if I didn't realize how um, personally involved James Gunn was on it. But he wrote and, I think, either produced or directed. Like, I think he was there in person for that whole show. So, if he was that personally invested in it, then I... Can't imagine it'll be anything but good. Yeah, I, I guess enjoyable. he knows what he's doing. I, to me, it seemed like at, at first my thought was like, okay, so are they just taking Peacemaker from this because John Cena is like a marketable name and they're just going to Warner Brothers or whoever decided to just do a, war, a, a John Cena show essentially and they decided to use his property? Because Peacemaker is like – he's not – a well-known property even within DC. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not really been utilized much, I don't think, in recent stuff, right? He's like a pulpy character from like the 70s and 80s, I think. Yeah. Um, But yeah, again, if if James Gunn is actually like the driving force behind all this and it was his idea and stuff, then power to him. Like I'm we sure said, if he w- the fact that he wants to do it yeah. means that he actually... I thought it was it. just them taking it, yeah, some cor- I thought it was some corporatized decision. To they were like, like, well, John Cena's... John Marker. Cena, yeah. He's worth X amount of, of popularity points, so if we use him, the show will... We invest quickly into his tree. He'll push up their glasses. The show will make at least 6.2 million return. Now, so. I remember off-pod, I mentioned we were going to talk about this. Cause we kinda... So, hey, leave it on, listeners. We actually plan a little bit for this show. Mm-hmm. Not enough, though. Hey, now we're not a, we're not a good show, yeah. mind you. Listen. But just enough to get by. 
Don't think we're good now. Hey, hold on now. If you think we're good, take that away. No. Uh, but anyway, back, aside from me being insane, is that uh, recently it's come out, I think like today or yesterday, the news kind of people were circulating that John Cena has expressed interest in playing The Thing in Fantastic Four, which I think probably would work, honestly. Yeah. I think it'd be a pretty good fit. I think so. So that means you got John Krasinski, we got Emily Blunt, we got John Cena. But going along with that, Kevin Feige had a quote where they were like, well, what's, do you have like any ideas of what the Fantastic Four cast is going to look like? Like, has, how far are we in that? And he said that there's going to be a mix of like established actors and like new actors. Like, it's like, like any other Marvel project. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. You don't want too much either way because it probably might suffer. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So what are you, what are you telling me that it's not John Krasinski and Emily Blunt? I kind of hope it is. I actually got I've come around too. I think it'd be fun if it yeah. was. At this point, I feel like no matter if it's not them, no matter who it is, people are gonna be disappointed. Like, yeah, right? they're gonna be like, "Why weren't you in a drama?" Because you'd be like, "Dude, I'm making Quiet Place three, four, and five right now. I, I'm doing the Quiet Place spinoff and the Quiet Place series. Leave yeah. me alone. I, I make, got my I, I've got my cash cow underneath yeah. Marvel. All right, listen. I I was in the office. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I've got my my one. Me and my also very very popular and good actress wife do not need a Marvel money. I thought about it for a second about doing your Marvel movie for your money, but then I thought I have my own series. And then I remembered, wait a minute, I'm in the office. I don't need money ever again. I already have a a a A gold plated yacht franchise that I can drive into the ground if I so choose, (laughs) if I so desire. I mean, that's how good though. John's Cousins, or John uh, Cena. <laughs> Both of them. A couple of Johns. A couple of Johns. That's what they call Fantastic Four. Fantastic <laughs> Four. A couple of Johns. I, uh, yeah, I think he'd work as a thing. It kind of depends on the um, the sort of philosophy that you have going into the thing. Because you can do like a, a uh, Michael Chitlis philosophy from the, the you know those early 2000s Fantastic Four movies, which is you get a big dude to be you know Ben Grimm, and then he's the thing. Or you can go like a fan four stick uh, philosophy, which is they got Jamie, is his name Jamie Bell, who's like a he's definitely like a smaller kind of scrawnier sort of guy. Yeah. Who then he gets big because he gets big. Like it depends on what your philosophy there is, right? It's like should he be the thing because he was a big dude to begin with? And now he's made of rock. Or should it be just like well no he was just normal and the thing obviously changed him, that the event changed him. So, um, but yeah. The only thing, like, I'm sure John Cena could be serious, and he has been and stuff, so I don't want to discredit him too much. But um, Ben Grimm is also, like... Pretty tragic. Well, that. I was going to say more, like, he's, like, smart as well. He's not just a bruiser. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's like, an astronaut and shit. And so, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he went to like he went to school with Reed Richards. Yeah. Like, he's so, not a dummy. Yeah. Again, I'm sure they would do that right and all. And, again, I'm sure John Cena isn't a dummy in real life or anything, and he could do that just fine, but... That is something to think about. It's not he's not just supposed to be like a even though he is like a you know, streetwise, like wise cracking guy. Jewish man obviously. from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um going, Oh vey, what a putz. He doesn't yeah. He he should be a little, you know, intellectual. Yeah, a little wise, a little, a little street smart, a little book smart. Yeah, a little, a little bit both, exactly. That's all. But yeah, I'm sure he could do it. Maybe look at Chris Evans to, to be um Johnny Storm. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Could you imagine if they got him to return to the MCU 
And then he different character. Because like if people have long theorized that when the Fantastic Four do make their way to the MCU, they will make their way from a different universe, universe fully formed, right? They're gonna roll up and say, Hey, we're the Fantastic Four. We've been the Fantastic Four forever in our, our universe. We're just coming to check you out kind of deal. Because again, it's one of those things where it's like anything else, you know, at this point it just makes it less and less plausible of a of a fully realized world, right? If you get like 15 years in the MCU and you're still just introducing the Fantastic Four for the first time, it feels a little cheap, right? Yeah, you're just like, well, like, oh, and, shit. and also the Fantastic Four, and also... Yeah. Uh... So they have no shared history with anything else. Whereas if they come in and they're like, actually, in our world, we know you guys and stuff and all that. Again, it's it on the one hand, it's already too late for that regardless, right? Because like, obviously, ideally, the Fantastic Four would be around from the beginning. The like day they one are. in the comics. Well, yeah, they are the day one in the comics, but like, you know... The next best thing would be to have them come through fully and not have to do an origin, right? Right, yeah. But is what it is. But if that's the is the case, it would be funny <laughs> if they just recast him as Fanta- as Johnny Storm again, and then he comes through and they're like, "Hey guys, we're here. We're uh, we're the Fantastic Four. And they're, they're just like, like, "Oh my look, god, Captain America! Like Captain America!" He's like, "No, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about." No, on our world, Captain America is a woman. <laughs> In our world, he's, he was a Nazi. He was in Hydra. <laughs> oh, no. Captain Hydra. Nazi. No. Uh, that's canon. In our world, actually, in our world, uh, Captain America looked like uh, Miles Teller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was just a weird quirk. I don't know. And, just look, and there's him constantly looking, looking at pictures of something going, I just don't see it. No, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't see it, man. I, think be, I mean, I think I think if they asked him, they could be like, yeah, sure, I don't give a fuck. Well, it's funny because, like, that... It's it's kind of hard easy to forget, but like if you go and look at a lot of Chris Evans's earlier roles and even more recent ones like, uh, what's it, Knives Out, right? In that he's kind of doing a character that's much more I feel like emblematic of a lot of his earlier characters, which is to say, kind like of a dude dick. bro dick. Yeah, that's yeah. what he did a lot of. He, did, he was that in Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. He was in a not another teen movie, right? Yeah. He was in uh the uh the losers. He was kind of a, a dude bro sort of dick. And then, like, he's Captain America, who's, like, the most wholesome up, up and down, like... God, warm-blooded, red-blooded American man ever to live. Just real nice. Not even just that he's, like, yeah, patriotic, but he's just a nice man. He's just very thoughtful and, and kind of gentle at He times. draws. Yeah, he draws. He's a bit of an artist. He's he's the one guy in Civil War who actually took the time to read the, <laughs> the, the accords. accords. He's just sitting there with his old man, like... What, what's so, yeah... Really, like, all, if you look at a lot of his other characters that Chris Evans has ever been, he's just kind of a prick. Yeah. <laughs> and Snowpiercer, he tried to eat a baby. No, he did eat a baby. <laughs> did he? Yeah, it's a whole uh, thing. Gee, yeah. It's like, see, oh, spoilers for Snowpiercer. <laughs> it's like, I know what baby tastes like. Yeah. No, so. I know, you know, you know, you know what he says? His line is, I know what people taste like, and I know babies taste best. Ooh. Which is grim. So, yeah. Ben Grimm. Oh, look at that. What I'm saying is I think it would be great if uh, you returned us. <laughs> if he finally got out after... And they were like, actually... 11 years of this shit. And he was like, I think I'm content to just chill. I really I am. I left I'm my mark as a, as a cultural icon forever. And I'll never be forgotten. Never forgotten. I think I've had my fill, guys. Like, I've made so all, much goddamn money. If it's all the same with you, I think I'll be done. Also, then, I'll take my big check, my... Overly sized check, and I will be on my way, Mr. Mouse. He goes, hold on now. What if you were a giant storm again? Well, now, we'll, we'll give you that last check, but wouldn't you like it if you got about 30 more like it? <laughs> Come back. Come back, Chris. You can't escape. <laughs> Once I get Chris Pine, I'll have you all. 
no one will ever cast you again. You know this is your only way. You're Captain America now. Now and forever. Oh? There is no way but the mouse. Oh? <laughs> it's our way or the highway. Soon I'll have everything. And if you don't take this roll, you'll never have another roll again. Oh? So, yeah. You'll be pushing boxes at the Walgreens <laughs> if I mean to say that. Ah, good stuff. But, Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mickey Mouse Voice. Yeah, that was a recurring segment, Mickey Mouse Voice. We got a lot of, hey, we got more segments. We got 1940s Big Talking Man. We went, <laughs> and then we got Mickey Mouse Voice. Look at that. We've got new segments. Absolutely. Maybe we'll remember them. Or maybe we won't. All right. So, I think we'll probably, you. yeah, I think it's yeah. pretty good. So, we'll probably wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening, as always. And you can email us at akatechjazz, akatechjaz at gmail.com. Find us at Twitter at Jazz. You know, they're the same. We are always on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and Amazon slash Audible. We're on YouTube. So if you, if, if whatever one is more convenient or you prefer more, we got a lot of options for you. Uh, leave a review on Apple Podcasts since we're on there. Leave a comment and tell your friends. So, yeah, as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight, everybody, Zach. Good night. Good night.